A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Daily. And no, Alex McCarthy has not spent the entirety of uh, the time between today's show and yesterday. So on a sunbed, I'm joined by Sean WhatsApp because Alex is unfortunately feeling a bit under the weather still. So if you if you can go and send him some love on Twitter. And today before before I uh, decided on my guest, I was going through the news and I normally sort of go through one sort of five, ten stories to get. And I was like, all right, this is from Sean. This is from Sean. <laughs> This is from Sean. So I decided, why not get Sean on the show? And we can hear all of these stories firsthand from him. But Sean, how you been doing? I know you've had a busy week. I've, I've had a busy week. I'm trying to get my hair settled here. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. It, it isn't working. But yeah, lots of news this week uh, that we, we broke on oldfightfulselect.com. I'd appreciate the subscribe if you guys wouldn't wouldn't mind. We break a lot of exclusive news over there. Uh, and it was, it was nonstop this week. Like I, I sat down last night. It was the evening. My wife got home and I was like, all right, not working tonight. And then the Cutler news dropped and I was like, well, and before, before I could even finish reading the tweet, I had people from multiple brands and one person saying WTF, how he was just here, which we'll get into later. Um, my gosh, my gosh. Yeah. It's been it's been a crazy uh, week in wrestling, really. Obviously, coming off the Royal Rumble, all of the news coming out of that, and then sort of two releases emerging. But we unfortunately have to start on a little bit of a, of, of some sad news. Um, Butch Reed has unfortunately passed away today, age sixty six, from heart complications. He was quite a bit before my time, um, but from what I have read, everyone's saying he was. Just fantastic. Yeah, I know he had a uh, quite two major heart attacks over the last calendar year, and uh, unfortunately passed from heart uh, complications. So, uh, before we get into the rest of the news, Sean, uh, any sort of memories of Butch from from your uh, from your childhood? I know you you posted a picture of a figure you had of his. Yeah, that was that was my first memory. He was one of the first wrestling figures that I had. He had these awesome like purple sweatpants and Nike shoes painted on that they could not get away with today. There's no way. But, uh, like, I grew up and I saw Doom, which was Butch Reed and Ron Simmons. I had never seen any of his work prior to that. And then, of course, I, I, I came to be familiar with it later. Uh, the natural Butch Reed could have been a major, major star in, in WWE and WCW. He was around, like, the Florida area especially. But, man, just, just a he, – he was quite exemplary of a legend – and he was very, very ahead of his time as well. And he does not get the, the praise or the respect that that his partner, Ron Simmons, Farouk, did. 
But man, just incredible. And Doom as a team, oh my gosh, they were so imposing and so great. Especially for me as a little kid, I like they were they were awesome. I loved uh, them against Arn and Barry Windham in a street fight. Uh, there's there's a lot of his stuff across WCW, WWF that you should check out. Uh, they I, I even liked in I think it was maybe New Japan. It was Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader against Doom. Like he's he had a great body of work and and uh, he'll be missed for sure. Yeah, it is always sad sort of to see someone pass away, of course, especially I know 66. It's still young, I think. I know it, it to me, 66 still young. And I'm, I've, I've been going through sort of some of his stuff over the last two hours since the news broke, really. And as you say, it seemed like he had a great body of work. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously some sad news that, that we had to start uh, off the show with. Um, but into some sort of lighter news, well, I guess. Not what you'd call lighter news, but uh, Steve Cutler was released as well um, yesterday. Uh, that follows on from PW Insider, obviously reporting that Lars Sullivan had been released last month, but that news sort of broke earlier in the week. And then around sort of midnight our time, so... Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern over in the States. Uh, WWE announced that Steve Cutler had been released. I know you uh, have posted sort of a lot of updates on Fightful Select about some of the sort of the final weeks or, or sort of final weeks of um, Cutler's time with WWE. Do you, but do you want to take us through sort of what you've heard, what you've been reporting about uh, why potentially he was let go? So before I saw the tweet, it got sent to me within like a minute by somebody who was either at the performance center or just left the performance center. And it said WTF. He was just here. I was like, what do you mean? He was just there. Like, was he getting a workout in? And they were like, no, he was here bumping for the big man class. Like, yeah. like the, the, the Vince McMahon decreed big man class. And I was like, well, wow, that's wild. So I, I asked a little bit more about that. Of course, I reached out to, to Cutler's side of things and, and heard about that reached out to people on SmackDown who said, yeah, this has been bubbling over for quite a while. He had heat because he got COVID-19. And normally I wouldn't put that information out there, but Deanna Perrazzo put it on her Twitter that they they had yeah. COVID-19. And uh, they were they were the unluckiest ones there. Like they, he was sidelined. They were taken off TV. Vince McMahon was not happy about it at all. He was very, very mad about it. And, uh, Cutler's the one that ended up getting punished from it. I mean, there were a lot of people that were out maskless. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo and Steve Cutler included. They should not have been out at New Year's Eve parties like that. Uh, but I mean, man, it was up and down the roster. It's just that's where the blame was cast for this. And WWE's missing an awful lot of people due to COVID. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and say that it stemmed from them. I don't know where the hell it stemmed from. I didn't do the contact tracing or anything like that. That's their job. But Rey Mysterio and Dominic revealed that they had COVID-19 uh, recently as well. Anytime anybody misses a few weeks of TV anymore, it's it's like, dude, that that's the speculation, right? Like, that's what everybody thinks. But they came out and confirmed it. But I had reached out to tons of wrestlers last year over the Jackson Riker thing. And they were, like, so mad that Cutler and Blake were punished for all that stuff. And I'm sure that you talked to some people that kind of echoed that sentiment as well, but he was a well-liked guy. I mean, the, the people that I spoke to at the performance center yesterday, one got me in touch with another and they're like, yeah, we, we love that he was coming in and helping us. 
and and mm-hmm. bumping for people and all that because it's not something a lot of people volunteer for coming in there and bumping for 300 pounders that need more work is not like not the fun thing but he's got a 90 day no non-compete and uh man yeah I, I was surprised by it but not surprised by it because i've been hearing for weeks that that vince mcmahon was really upset about that yeah, and I, I, like you, I'd heard from people, a lot of people that were very happy that um, he and uh, Wesley Blake had been brought back with King Corbin, feeling that Jackson Reich had sort of, I guess, tarnished their careers because they were kind of caught up in it. They were taken off TV. They were set for a tag title match with New Day, were taken off TV, and then you kind of like, what wasn't anything to do with them. They were just merely sort of guilty by association. And I've heard from a lot of people how... Steve Cutler and Wesley Bake, sort of Wesley Bake in particular, both very underrated in the ring. And I guess similar to the uh, Jackson Riker situation, is Wesley Blake just going to be another victim of this situation now? Because I can't, unfortunately, I can't see him being someone that WWE is going to push as a single, as, as great as he is. And I think Dax Harwood told me in a recent interview we did, he is, I, I think he said the modern day Bobby Eaton, he described him as. Someone oh, that that's, does, a, that's a great comparison. He said someone that if you're not involved in wrestling or haven't wrestled, you don't appreciate how good they are until you're in the ring with them. And you're like, damn, this guy's good. But I I, I don't know where you go from here with him. I hope he's still aligned with Corbin in some capacity, but whether that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do too, because Corbin, I think gained a new sense of interest with people with him. The lone wolf thing can only go so far. They, they have, Corbin's dead in the water on his own, and that's not his fault. That is not his fault whatsoever. He's done a lot of really great things. He has an awesome arsenal. He's got a great finish that he protects. He goes out of his way to protect it. But it's it's like having Cutler and Blake there, it freshened him up so much. And I was asking about Cutler and Blake. Like last week, I was asking about them, and I was asking about a couple other people that I, I, I knew were sidelined. And even people that were close to creative were like, oh, well, we just assume what they'll do is bring those two back and they'll attack Dominic and Ray. You know, how they do the out of sight, out of mind. Oh, there they are. We haven't seen them in weeks type of thing. But that isn't what happened. But uh, I, I know there was a lot of frustration by some by some wrestlers that are high up about the, the people that went to these parties unmasked. However, these people also do like Steve Cutler, the ones I've spoken to at least. Like he's got a very positive reputation because he and Blake, especially after being caught up in the Riker thing, one of the things that was echoed over and over again was, man, Riker got his job saved by them saying, oh, put him with us. Put him with us. And uh, Blake and Cutler had been there for six, seven years. They had worked their asses off. They were like the longest tenured people at the performance center and they were together. Uh, And if you remember when they were called up, they didn't let Riker wrestle on the main roster. He was never there. He was just there looking and posing on the outside. And the fact that they got sidelined for the same amount of time that he did for some stuff that he said, Ooh, that, that didn't sit well with a lot of people. But when I look at Steve Cutler, I was like, all right, he's, his girlfriend's an impact. He's got a lot of people that worked with him and liked him in AEW. Um, you, New Japan, uh, USA is always looking for people. Look, look what Fred Rosser's been able to do over there. Yep. How many people have we seen turn heads on Bloodsport 
Like that's that seems like it's going to be a regular thing. Uh, you've got Ring of Honor there who have a more straightforward sports presentation. And Steve Cutler has a name that that people some people know, but they're not familiar with his body of work. Like there's not a lot of people that have something that they can say, oh, well, remember this Steve Cutler run? Remember that? Remember that? And he's he's got some people on his side, some people that won't be for the, for this situation, understandably so. So I once that 90 days is up, I, I'm really interested to see where he lands. Yeah, me too. And I know I, I've spoken to one or two people who, and th- this isn't blamed at Steve Cutler, it's more people in general that have been going out during this whole pandemic because yeah. people like Roman Reigns, who I believe Dave Meltzer said this in Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter, they've obviously been promised a safe working environment. And that does decrease the safety if people are going out maskless to parties, particularly over New Year's Eve. But I know in your report that you did um, over sort of the, the mass breakout within wrestling of COVID, you said that companies were kind of expecting a bit of an outbreak, particularly in the first couple of months over the holiday period, uh, first couple of weeks of January from the holiday period and people inevitably socializing with friends and family. Yeah, and especially because there's so much integration between people that date and live together. I mean, it's it's all over the place. I don't want to single people out. If you know who's dating who, then you know who's dating who. It's not hard to figure out. But, I mean, they, people should have been more careful, quite frankly. I mean, I, I think a lot of, of a lot of the people that were out at those parties, but they should have known better. You have to be safer. Just because they're not at risk doesn't mean that other people aren't at risk. And uh, I, I can't speak to the the reports of composing a safer environment for Roman, but I mean, wh- why wouldn't you just try to compose a safer work environment for everybody? I don't blame anybody mm-hmm. for being upset about that. Like, I, not not one bit. However, shit does happen, unfortunately. Shit does happen, but people need to be more responsible in that regard. I 100% agree. Um, before we move on to our um, our next topic, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you guys to get in your Ultra Chats. Any questions you've got for myself, but I presume the majority will be for Sean, uh, get on oh. over at WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Any dollar, pound amount, we will answer questions, debate topics, whatever you guys want. Um, uh, sort of the the titular the titular news in today's. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, I, that see close. I see you. I see you. That was close. It's late. It's late for me. It's not really. <laughs> it's, it's like eight o'clock. Um, it's some surprising WrestleMania matches, and uh, this stems the first one from PW Insider reporting in the week that Bad Bunny was at the Performance Center training for an upcoming pay per view match, and this has been uh, sort of corroborated by Dave Meltzer, who has said that WWE is preparing a match of Bad Bunny, most likely a tag team match with um. Him and Damian Priest versus uh, Miz and Morrison that will likely culminate at WrestleMania. This, I think, has rubbed some people the wrong way. But if you look at it, if if, if you if you stop being a little bit butthurt and you look at this from a rational point of view, and you just look at Bad Bunny's Instagram following and WWE, you can understand a hundred percent why WWE wants to get Bad Bunny involved. He seems like someone that well, I know. He said it. He's a, he's been a big wrestling fan. I don't see any issue with this if he puts in the work and the match is good. I mean, we've seen with people like Stephen Amell, if if the celebrities and the uh, non-wrestlers come in for these big matches and put in the work, the, the outcome can be really good. 
Yeah, I, I'm all for Bad Bunny doing something. I mean, the people that I've spoke to really, really like him. He's he's taking this seriously. He doesn't treat pro wrestling like it's a joke. He treats it like he's excited to be there. And that for a major celebrity, a major music star to do, I, I think is really, really great. It's refreshing. Like he's not making making fun of it. He wants to be there. So why not do this? I mean, capitalize on the fact that he wants to be there. He was at the performance center working his ass off. Good. I I think this is just a win-win and i mean you got two nights at wrestlemania sure maybe we'll have the the andre battle royal this year since people can be uh we know more now we just did a royal rumble so i don't see why they wouldn't yeah and oh. i thought i thought with the rumble they would um at least i guess not have so many people in the ring at the same time but particularly in the women's match i think one person was eliminated by the time like 12 people were in the ring. I'm like, what's yes. going on here? I thought I thought they would space it out, but evidently not. Um, yeah, and I mean, Bad Bunny wrestling, in terms of what he did with Damian Priest, I enjoyed it because I think you saw him posting clips of WWE on social media, like gladly showing off that he was there. Probably Damian Priest had more eyes on his Raw debut than any Raw debut that's probably happened in years, I'd say, with, with his following. I think it's a great move for... for um, for Damian Priest, who and you you saw when he started speaking Spanish in his backstage segment, the WWE is obviously trying to get him over as this Latino star. They've tried with the likes of Sin Cara, they've tried yep. with Alberto Del Rio, and it seems like Damian Priest is the next in that sort of line of the Latino stars to try and get over. Hey, one one that looks cool, has a cool voice, can wrestle, isn't problematic. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yep, me too. He, he is the he is. The I think what Vincent Mann thinks Baron Corbin is. Yeah, oh, for sure. If 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 Damian Priest would have come up instead of Corbin when that happened, Damian Priest would be a multiple-time world champion by now. 100%. I 100% agree. And uh, one of the other sort of bits of, I guess, surprising news uh, regarding WrestleMania matches, um, WrestleVotes, obviously very reliable when it comes to yeah. all kinds of wrestling news. Um, has reported that WWE, there's been talks, uh, particularly with even with higher-ups, of WWE putting on an NXT title match uh, at WrestleMania, particularly given it's over two nights. We saw this last year with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, and it looks like it's going to be the men's turn this year with Finn Balor defending his title, if those plans do go ahead. Um, uh, but obviously with WrestleMania, WrestleMania being over two nights, there won't be that takeover the day before. So this looks like it, it would be in that sort of place. Uh, I presume this would be sort of Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. I, I mean, that, that wasn't that, that that wasn't said, but given how high they are on Karrion Cross, giving him a WrestleMania win probably seems like something WWE would really like to do. I would love it if they would go the route of like the NXT title in the ladder match spot, and then you highlight so many talent. You highlight. Adam Cole, you highlight Finn Balor, you get Carrion uh, Cross on there, you do a lot of that stuff, and then you say, "Hey guys, this is what you're missing on Wednesdays. You should check it out." Even though that's absolutely not what they're missing on Wednesdays because it's not booked that way, but you make them think it is, and you reel them in that way. Uh, I know it's very like mid 2000s WWE where they're like, "Oh well, a lumberjack match or a four corner tag," but you got two nights. I think in the future, NXT should fully be integrated into WrestleMania as far as like the women's title and all that, because 
it's on the same cable network in prime time that Raw is, so why not? Even though it does a fraction of the audience, I, I'd be all for that. I, I would love NXT to be a part of WrestleMania. And I've seen some people say that, oh, Finn needs to go against sort of a, a, a bigger star or someone that the mainstream audience will know. Finn was on the main roster in 2019. The the the, the advantage of that will be you can have him go against, if, if it is a singles match against someone from NXT, fans will recognize him that don't watch NXT. Fans yeah. will know, okay, that's Finn Balor. Um, and yeah, I think that it, it could be a great way to showcase him, a great way to put the NXT title on to WrestleMania, a great way to try and get more eyes on NXT. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I know some people are, oh, they're definitely going with Edge after after what happened on NXT. I would be shocked if they go with Edge. I presume it's Edge and uh, Roman Reigns has been reported by Dave Meltzer. But uh, if you'd like the the sort of, I guess, big ladder match for NXT, uh, what about the other two? Are you in the camp of Edge and Roman or do you think it should be... Um, Edge and Drew, and sort of what do you want for the other one that Edge doesn't face? Edge and Roman at least gives me some uh, some conflict over who's going to win. I think Roman will win, but I I don't know who else he could face that would make me go, oh, well, they might beat him. Because as much as I like Kevin Owens and I liked all the, the stories that, that were there before – Jey Uso, I never thought that Roman Reigns was going to lose that title. Not a once. With Edge, I feel like, oh, will they pull on? Will they pull out like some sort of upset victory? Will they pull out something that is a bit surprising? Will they try that Cinderella story? But then I just don't know who Drew faces. Like what Braun or somebody? Could they get Cena back? I don't, like. There are so many Tetris pieces falling into place here, and the the problem is, I wonder who they have that's hot enough to face those people on a grand scale and that shouldn't be a problem it shouldn't be a problem they should have a lot of people that they should have too many options but now they don't have enough i think it's going to be brock and drew again i, I have that feeling oh, man. That, that, that they love doing that world. don't they they do love doing that One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, 
And to be fair, if it if it's Drew going over, and hopefully we do get a crowd there, obviously in the safest way possible. Yeah. Um, actually, on that note, if anyone is interested to see what WrestleMania will kind of look like, uh, the Super Bowl this weekend is obviously at Raymond James, and has select amount of fans there. And I presume WWE will be looking at that as a kind of guide to be like, all right, firstly as a target they want to be, because if you think WWE is going to try and get less than the Super Bowl, you are crazy. Um, yeah. But I, I presume they're going to be looking at that as a, as a way to see how things can be done safely. And I do think we're going to have, uh, hopefully, Drew go over Brock in front of fans. That That's the aim. But they could obviously just have Brock go over, which I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always, I always wonder, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, in, in terms of Elimination Chamber, um, we kind of got like two weeks, well, two episodes of Raw, three episodes of SmackDown before the show. Any guesses on the direction for that? Because I'm stumped. I'm, I generally have no clue where they're going to go. I think they could do Sheamus and Drew in a chamber or like with, with four other people, or they could do a singles between those two. And on SmackDown, genuinely no clue. I feel like we'll definitely know Monday. I mean, here's the thing. Sheamus comes out. I think Keith Lee comes out and then somebody else comes out and then somebody else comes out and all of a sudden they're in the title match. I hate that. I hate the six person title match just a few weeks after they did a 30 man battle Royal to get a title shot. It's mm. like, well, if you, if you stand in gorilla at the right time, a few weeks afterwards, you're going to get one. So what's it matter? So I hate that. What I love is a six-person elimination chamber for a title shot. I love that. I think that would be yeah. cool. Also, you could do it for the women's one of the women's title shots too. Like I think that would that that makes so much sense to me. Is that okay? This is your your next opportunity. This is your next your your next chance, and and you got to go through this vicious structure to do it. It's not just tossing somebody over the top rope. If you want another shot, you got to go through this structure and five tough people. I think that's that's a little bit better. I wish I mean, they if would it is, Yeah, if it is Edge and Roman, uh, I'm kind of disappointed because I would quite like to see. We saw on SmackDown, particularly before the Rumble, they were building up a lot of people. We had Shinsuke, who I would be pretty surprised if he doesn't get either the Elimination Chamber or the Fastlane shot. I, I think that that's a given, given the corner. You had you could have Shinsuke, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Big E if you want to put him in there, Seth who's just come back, Jey Uso if you want to put him in there. You, SmackDown did a great job of having sort of people bubbling over. And uh, apart from last week's episode, which I know you and Jeremy reviewed, which I would agree yeah. was probably the worst hour of WWE programming in some time. Which I don't really think bad. any coincidence that the, all the Raw lot were there, and it was just kind of kind of too much going on. The whole creative um, meeting was about Raw and the Royal Rumble. Like there was very little about SmackDown, from what I was told. Like they got there and they were all talking about Raw stuff. And I was like, well, why is that? Well, then I saw all the Raw roster chilling on SmackDown, and I was like, okay, that's why. It, it did feel like all right. The Raw people have come over. This is going to be basically a Raw show. And that kind of ruined, I guess, what was the go-home episode of SmackDown and what has been, for a number of weeks now, fantastic SmackDown shows. And I'm looking forward to tonight's show, which will have Edge back. I don't know about you, but Edge on SmackDown just feels right. Yeah, it does. I think, like I said, Raw needs him, though. Raw yeah. needs some stuff. Anyway. But he he is a free agent. That that's a, That's a thing that I think should be paid attention to. He never got drafted. 
He never got drafted, so he can go wherever the hell he wants, and he's got the golden ticket. So I I love the brand split, and I like separating those because I want Raw to matter, and I want SmackDown to matter, and I want them to matter on their own because I covered a lot of SmackDown with no brand split. It was a whole lot of like, oh, well, Sheamus versus Dean Ambrose on Monday, and then they're doing it again on Friday, and neither one of them matters. I like that, but... Edge has a reason to hop brands. Right now, Shayna and Nia have a reason to hop brands. Get creative with that. Not this brand-to-brand invitation trash. They they used it on one person. Then they brought everybody else over. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, the brand-to-brand invitational was, it is not a good idea. I like the whole separation. I like, I mean, when they first announced the brand split, and it was supposed to be like, oh, we're going to be going to go, going head-to-head in the ratings and in merchandise and everything. It felt like a war within the company. But now, who cares, really? And who then they then they just combined the creative teams, and it was like, meh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Um, we've actually got a couple of ultra chats, which I want to get to in the meantime. Again, if you want to get in your questions, comments, anything, I can see a few in here already. Uh, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2, and anything we will answer. Uh, one here from Mayor of Painesville, Dan. And this requires some context, so let me explain. Dan is a big, big fan of Dexter Loomis. Okay. No one else really likes Dexter Loomis on, on Wrestling Daily, um, in particular Stephanie Chase. So uh, his first question is, what does Sean think about Dexter Loomis? And his second is, where is Buddy Murphy? Why did he vanish? Uh, have you got any uh, sort of notes on Buddy Murphy? And if not, uh, well, along with that, uh, what are your thoughts on Dexter Loomis? Yeah, he was uh, Buddy Murphy was there. He's backstage at the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'll have more on that on Fightful Select this week. I'm trying to confirm some things on that, but... Uh, as far as Dexter Loomis, so last year around the time that the pandemic started, I wanted to get some positive news out there. So I started to reach out to like dozens of WWE wrestlers. And I was asking, oh, who worked really hard to improve? Who worked really hard to get better? And one of the one of the ones I heard most about was Dexter Loomis. And they talked about how multi-talented he was because he had done voiceover work. And of course, as we've seen, he does a lot of art. He's committed to his character. He stays in the gym. He's trying to get better in the ring. So, I mean... I like him just fine. I think they're making him making him too one dimensional. Uh, the, the pitch I've always had for him, if they're not going to have him wrestle, make him almost like an Elias attraction where he pops up on the show, but he doesn't have to wrestle. What I would like to see is, like, say Johnny Gargano walks by him and he sees Dexter Loomis drawing something, and it's it's like what's in Johnny's future, and then it happens. I would love to see Dexter Loomis as like the soothsayer of NXT where he predicts people through his art to the point to where some people there think that he manifests it through his art. And they're like, no, 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 I don't want this. Somebody can come along, tear up all the stuff that he's drawing. And that maybe that's what leads to a match or something like that. Because he's going to be one of those guys. He's not probably not going to be a champion. What's he going to do with the title belt? Going to doodle on it? Doubt it. Uh, like just, just, Make the best out of what you can because I don't think that the supernatural characters, okay, they don't work for me. I can't say they don't work at all because you got you got Alexa Bliss spitting out chocolate sauce on Monday and people are like, oh my God, it rules. It doesn't work for me. But Dexter Loomis as like, is he a serial killer or is he not? That works for me, but not when they make it his entire personality. I completely agree. And before we get into the next um, Ultra Chat bit, uh, we, we've actually had in the comments today people you doing acronyms for SRS and what SRS stands for. I saw Sean Ruin Scrotum was one of them. 
We've got Slytherin's Rotten Spellcasters. Oh, my Stone wife would be really happy to Stone. see that. My, my wife loves Slytherin. Stoned, really what stoned. Not, not in quite a while. Although, this thing I often play with on the air is uh, a cannabis vape. Are you, are, you also, are, you, are you also a fiddler when, you, uh, when you're on stream? Oh, yeah. Like, when I'm on the phone, especially, like, I pace. Mm, me too. Yeah. I, I can't fiddle uh, on most of mine because I'm handling the chat on most of those. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and I know Sean mentioned there when he was talking about Buddy Murphy briefly. Uh, Fight for Select. I do not say this because he is on the show. Uh, because when Alex is on, we normally have this thing called the BSometer. So, we're, based on a report, we have either green for like, okay, there's no BS here. <laughs> Red, oh, sorry, uh, orange, which is like mm, we can see it, we can kind of not yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Red, which is like you're talking out of your backside, and almost every single time, I think every single time, Sean has done a report on Fightful Select. We have selected green because it always. Quite frankly, you know a lot of the people that I talk to. Like I've told you who I talk to. I do. I sometimes I message Sean and I'm like, I know who you got that from. I know. Well, I know. And, and sometimes it surprises me who is willing to talk to me. Like. And I've shared a couple of those with you in the past. I was like, really? They would even give me the time of day to answer me back about this. But a lot of times, as you know, all it takes is asking. Yeah. Uh, I really, really, really want to erase the the copy-paste type of, of reputation that a lot of wrestling media had from the 2000s. I'm not talking – I am not talking about Wade Keller, uh, Dave Meltzer, or Mike Johnson because that's where all the news was coming from back then. I'm talking like people who would just lazily copy and paste opinions from these people and present it as news. I really, really, really want to erase that. So almost every time I, I reach out, and sometimes that just leads to me developing a professional relationship with these people. And, uh, yeah, it's surprising sometimes. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we spoke about this today, Sean and I. Off the, uh, the, uh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter was very much a lot of what Sean had reported earlier in the week, just uh, edited or corroborated, perhaps, without without the credit. Um, but something Sean didn't I, report. I don't think it's malicious, by the way. For no, people that no, mentioned no. that, I don't think that Dave did that maliciously. He's a very busy guy and has a lot of words to get put down on yeah. on paper in a short amount of time. I completely agree. I said it to Sean before we started. I reckon Dave just generally doesn't see some of the reports to get put yes. out. I've had it before where yeah, I remember when I reported Dijak was coming up and, and he he reported uh, it afterwards a couple of days later. And I messaged him and said, oh, like, just to let you know. And I, he wrote back and he said, like, oh, I didn't see your report. I yeah. think that's a lot of it. But He's always been really Sean, cordial when I reach out about yeah. that stuff. But something you didn't break that Dave beat you to was – Cesaro's new deal. So um, yeah. it was reported by Wrestling Inc. earlier in the week that Cesaro's contract was expiring at WrestleMania 37, which I think, based on the fact he was getting a bit of a push, some people kind of speculated, all right, they're sweetening him up. They're being like, look, look, we care about you. <laughs> yeah. Have some wins. Um, and it, But it's actually been reported that he either verbally agreed or has put pen to paper and signed the new deal um, so over uh, a couple of weeks ago. But some interesting uh, notes on that. Um so Daniel Bryan pitched the whole Shinsuke Nakamura gauntlet run, but that wasn't supposed to be for Shinsuke. Daniel Bryan originally pitched it for Cesaro. 
And uh, in that sort of WWE decided, all right, he's not signed the contract yet, so let's not give him that shot. Um, but A, interesting that Daniel Bryan, and very great that Daniel Bryan is pitching these ideas to get guys like Shinsuke, get guys like Cesaro over. We all love, and it looks like Daniel Bryan knows we all love. Um, and sort of great to hear that he's been to another deal. I know a lot of people, given how talented Cesaro is, we're kind of hoping he'd go elsewhere. But as I've always said with these kind of things. I'm never going to hope that someone goes somewhere. Wherever they sign a contract, I'm happy with because it probably works out financially for them, logistically for them. This kind of came up with the whole Ben Carter stuff from people like, oh, he should go to AEW instead of going to NXT UK. I'm like, yeah. in terms of visa issues, it makes so much more sense for him to go to NXT UK. Whatever he's and, decided. And he didn't happen. have a visa. He had to work AEW for free because of that. Yeah. Yep, it, it, it does make sense. And if Cesaro signed this new deal and he's happy with it and logistically it makes sense for him, fair play to him. And sure. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him on, on SmackDown over the coming weeks. Do you see that now he's signed a deal, maybe a bit of a push for him? Or do you think sort of giving him wins, uh, I know we pinned Brian, was a sort of a bit of a sweetener to try and get him to sign that deal? I could see him get like a, a highlighted match. I don't think he's going to get any significant push beyond like what he's got now. The, the the concern with him has always been the promo, the promo, and they had put him with Paul Heyman for a while. It just didn't work out. I think he's going to be there doing what he does. Now, when we didn't know that he had a new contract, I was sitting there looking. I was like, man, Chris Hero hasn't wrestled in a while. Like, like oh, man, could you imagine if they were just like, we're going to, we're going to go on a Kings of Wrestling uh, world tour. But, ah. Oh. Yeah, I would, but I, I think that he'll pretty much stay where he is, but that's just, that's my opinion. I don't have any insight on future booking. If I were them, I would have Nakamura face reigns in the interim for the, for the title because he got screwed out of the, the gauntlet yeah. match. I think that makes a lot of sense. Me too. I do agree. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Cesaro, like you said, and Chris Hero did kind of surprise me when I was, again, looking at the, the people that got released early, early in um, April. And you've got people like Matt Raywell, obviously, who was on Quizlemania this week, uh, formerly yeah. Aiden English, who, has, who hasn't wrestled uh, sort of uh, in any of the big promotions. And you've also got Chris Hero, who, um, nowhere Jose as well, but Chris Hero, who legitimately, I think, is still one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I think he is fantastic. I'm very surprised WWE let him go. I think he probably is such a good hand for anyone that works with him. Um, are you surprised that nearly a year later, nine months later, we haven't seen Chris Hero anywhere, or do you think he's just waiting for the right time, and then he's going to pounce, and we're all going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for with him. I think he's biding his time. I think that if he wanted to be somewhere right now, he would be. It'd be... It would be shocking to me to think that he doesn't have offers. I mean, if I were Ring of Honor, I'm trying to bring him in. If I'm Impact, I'm trying to bring him in. I don't know about AEW. I don't know what where they would stand on that. I don't know what they would necessarily have for him specifically. But then again, there, there's a lot of people they've signed that I wasn't sure what they'd have specifically, and it's worked out. Uh, New Japan USA, I would imagine they would want to work with him. So I, I feel like without knowing and without me speaking to him personally – uh, that it's it's a personal choice. I agree. I think, as you say, if he, he is probably he's not wrestling at the moment, not for a lack of offers. I would speculate. Yes. I think it's more, as you say, a personal choice. Uh, so, from someone WWE let go to someone they've signed, um, Parker. It said Bordeaux, right? Not. Bordeaux. I think that's how they pronounce it. I think that's how they pronounce it. I don't know. Well, I'm working uh, on it. That's a scoop I haven't cracked yet. <laughs> 
along with following everyone on Twitter, which he seems to be yes. doing at the moment, which I love because it means, oh, yeah, I got a nice shiny tick following me. Um, yeah. He has uh, quit football, apparently, and at 22 years old, for those that haven't seen him, uh, let me just get a quick image. If you told me this guy was Brock Lesnar's son, I'd be like, okay, fair enough. Uh, he is uh, the next big thing. He, he looks incredible. Former footballer, 20 years old, and he has reportedly signed with uh, WWE on a developmental deal, who I wrongly said today in a news article that it was uh, Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, to report this first. But of course, as he always does, Sean pipped him to the post. So uh, do you want to run <laughs> us through what you know about Parker, uh, sort of what his deal is, and uh, I guess as someone who knows what american football is I'm, I'm stumped when it comes to this uh so yeah to be fair like i i think a lot of people missed that i had reported this because what happened yeah. was i put on fightful select the night that he was there and what i do is i release the fightful wrestling weekly like every tuesday on fightful.com that way people that way we can get the seo power out of the stories that we report that way they're actually on our website instead of fightful select and then I'll write individual articles about them there. And in that article, I put, oh, by the way, they've come to terms on a deal. And just was like, yeah, I'll put this out there. And those who pick it up, pick it up. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I've heard that it was way faster than a lot of people expected. And again, I'm, I'm working on more. I've got a lot of uh, performance center contacts that I'm talking to about this. But uh, he, he's, a, he's a different kind of dude. He is for sure a different kind of dude. But um, he had left Notre Dame at one point, which is a, a really good football school or was a really good football school. But the thing is, like them saying, oh, well, he, he's quit football. He did He did the uh, season at Notre Dame in 2016, and he had like, I think, four full seasons at UCF. So, I mean, I don't know how much more he could have done. I don't know if he was redshirting again or, or what, but I mean. You are no, just saying words to me. Okay, redshirting is when you don't play football that year and you get an okay. extra year of eligibility. And, okay. I mean, it's like, d does he want to be in college football for six years? That's not ideal. That's not, like, something that happens, so I'm not surprised. He was not, like, a significant NFL prospect or or anything like that. Um, so, I mean, I'm not surprised that that happened. WWE has brought in a couple others. I'm, I'm going to be breaking the news of somebody else in college football that, that had a, a tryout probably in the next couple of weeks when I can get in touch with them directly. But they, yeah, I'm not surprised that he ended up passing on, I don't know, trying to, trying to make a practice squad or, or trying to play anywhere else because you can't really go to Canada and play football right now. You can't really go anywhere else and play it right now. So why not do this? I, I don't see a downside for him there. So I might not know a lot about American football. But what I do know is this is a guy that Vince McMahon will be drooling over. Yes. I mean, look look at the face and tell me that is not Brock Lesnar. Ten years Looks ago. just like him. Looks just like him. For Spitting sure. Spitting image of him. And I think, seems like a sort of guy who, who will have a lot of buzz going into him. 
because of the Brock Lesnar similarities. So it makes complete sense for WWE to want to pick him up. Do you see what? this? I know I know he signed a developmental deal. Do you see him being someone that they'd look to fast track, or do you see him doing the whole NXT route? Oh, if he picks it up, then yeah. But I mean, I had somebody that was kind of joking. They said, oh, of course, WWE Creative will write him in as Brock's son, yada, yada. And I was like, well, why not? There's thousands of people on Twitter that fall for like Brock Lesnar's daughter, Brock Lesnar's son, Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts every single year. It happens every single year. So why wouldn't they do this one? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But yeah, um. I, I think that they've got to see what they've got so far. Agreed. I think it, 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 it's easy saying, oh, they want to fast track him, but without knowing what it, what, he, what he's like in the ring, it's very hard to say. Um, before we get on to a little bit more news, the final bit of news, really, uh, let's get into Zoom Ultra Chats. We have one here from Bo Hill who says, of the current slash misused WWE talent, who do you think is the most likely to leave when their contract is up? Hmm. Let me let me take a glance at the contract expirations, which you call you guys can find in the resources section at fightful.com. Um good plug. That's a that's a very good plug. Ah oh, man. See, there's not a ton that are listed as coming up this year, even. I don't know. A lot of people have really, really good deals as far as WWE goes. Um I look at a Cedric and it's like if, if big swole's career takes off in AEW, I could see him being like, man, I could flourish more over there, but I don't know the man personally. So it's hard for me to say that. Yeah. I mean, like, like I kind of said earlier with the Cesaro thing, <clears throat> without knowing these people personally, without knowing the deals they're being offered and logistically how it works out for them, their families, it's very hard to say who's going to leave and, and who and who isn't. I mean, if you would have if you would have asked me and asked me to guess, I probably would have said Cesaro would have left. If, if that was something you asked me to speculate, I would not sure when his deal is up, but I wouldn't be shocked if Alistair Black leaves. I think there will probably be, and th this again is not a reported speculation from me, probably a bit of ill will between WWE and his family, given what happened with Zelina Vega. I wouldn't be surprised. We haven't seen him on TV since October 12th, so that is quite a while. Uh, I would probably say I, I wouldn't be surprised if he left. It wouldn't be the sort of person where if it got reported, I'd be like, mm, I, I wouldn't be sitting here with my jaw on the floor. I'd be like, okay, yeah. could have seen that one coming. Sure. Uh, one here from Mark who says, good day from Ontario, Canada, gentlemen. How are you? My questions today are, what will be the biggest surprise match at WrestleMania 37 in Tampa Bay? And how many people will be allowed to attend in person? Lastly, enjoy Super Bowl 55 on Sunday. Uh, before we get into that, who is doing the Super Bowl? What, 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 who, who is Super Bowling this weekend? Um, former WWE 24-7 champion Rob Gronkowski is. The only so, NFL player I know. So I mean that I mean he hasn't had a great season or anything. He's been very much like an a a role player here and there. But the decision to pass up on WWE, obviously he wasn't cut out for it. First off, he was not cut out for it, based on everything that I heard, and the fact that Vincent Wan had to show him how to do a dive. Um, ended up being pretty good for him. Uh, Tom Brady, who is a billion years old took just a random team and was like, hey, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. 
They're like, all right, okay, I guess. And he did it. And then you got Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who are uh, the hot new team on the block. Maybe they'll become a big uh, franchise dynasty, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, two really, really good teams. I'm very excited about it, actually. And uh, like we were saying about the Super Bowl, do you think WWE is going to look at this as a guide yes. and find top attendance? Yes, they they should use it as as sort of um, as sort of a textbook, uh, as like a guide. Like, okay, we'll we'll see how this goes, and and play it by ear. I think. And a surprise match at WrestleMania. What do you see sort of coming? Um, other than what what we sort of said, maybe with something with Finn or with Bad Bunny, do you see anything surprising? Maybe anyone coming back or anyone sort of WWE doing something different? Because for me, and maybe this might not be a surprise, I see a second Firefly Funhouse match, but this time between Randy and Bray. I think they extend that until WrestleMania, and that's your Firefly Funhouse match. I'm not sure how you do that with the crowd there, but I think yeah. for the for the fact the majority will be at home, I think that that's what they'll do. Well, I mean, if you want to set up a good concession spot for the crowd or something like that, there there are monitors all over that arena. People can watch it while they're going in to do that, and it'll last 15, 20 minutes. So, I mean, I, I think that should – like, you know, New Japan has their intermission. Like, mm-hmm. that should be like – the cinematic match should be like WWE's intermission, especially on those long, long, long cards. I think they could do that. But – um I'm hoping it's Big E and Christian. I've been tweeting about that for a while. And Christian coming back after all this time and getting a match with Big E, one, it'd be big for Big E. Two, it would make sense. Three, it would make the Intercontinental title seem a lot more important. I would really, really love to do that. And for those of you who don't have the background on that, Christian's last match in WWE, he beat Ziggler, Sheamus, and Del Rio in a top contender match for the IC title. He was supposed to face Big E the next night. Uh, That didn't happen because Christian's career was over. We didn't know that at the time. So the match never happened. But Big E was standing there at ringside. And I tweeted about it a bunch. And Big E shared the little little picture. I'm hoping it happens. I'm hoping I can will this into existence. I want it. I say you will be. You need to be featured in that video package if it goes to Mania because uh, you WWE won't ever do that. <laughs> they hate me. Of course they won't. Um, but no, I like you. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, I could see them doing it on a SmackDown, but I could also see them doing it um, at WrestleMania. I think that'd be great. Like you say, it makes sense. Great for Big E. I know a lot of people are hoping he gets uh, a big sort of WrestleMania type match against Roman. But if he doesn't, I think a big win over Christian at WrestleMania and then him putting an over after the match, you know, the whole sort of faces, stand off in the ring and shake each other's hand. That could be cool. Yeah. Uh, it could be a great way to put Christian over. Um, another one from Mayor of Painesville, Dan. This one is not Dexter Loomis related, but another one of his favorites in uh, Alexander Wolf. He said, it's me again. Alexander Wolf said on NXT last week that Imperium will be back in full force soon. I think it's still unlikely, but what if Walter comes to the U.S. and it is Walter that faces Edge at WrestleMania? It's a wild idea, but why not? You guys Listen, want Edge to have to retire again, huh? Like that's—I was going to say—that <laughs> would be incredible. If if I were WWE and NXT UK, here's what I would do: I would film a series of absolute title squash matches for Walter. And I would air one a month over like the next three or four months, get him over here, but still have him on the show. Cause you can, yeah. you can put those in the can 
and then have him winning like these three to five minute absolute ass kicking matches. Um, I think that's a good way. And that way you can, you can do both and you don't have to worry about, Oh, well he won't be over here for the tapings. He won't be over there. You got him in the can. It's, it's, there's not going to be fans at NXT UK over the next three or four months. I would be very shocked. So to do that and then bring him over to do NXT stuff. Why not? You make the best out of this bad situation. I mean, the issue with that is it's kind of on Walter. And we've heard, I've heard from people. I know Walter's pretty much openly said it. He's not interested in coming over full time. Sure. He he would, I, I think a lot of it, I think if he never ends up on the main roster, it isn't like WWE didn't want him on the main roster. And and that's that's the same for Champa, and that's why I don't see why they don't take advantage of this situation where you can put stuff in the can. You can – if they had brought Tommaso Champa up last April, he would have had the same travel schedule. He would have had the same everything because they would have all been in Orlando. Now they're in Tampa. Who knows where the hell they'll be next? It's a lot different. I know I reported last year that Randy pitched to work with Champa. Champa and yeah. Cole were the two two NXT names he worked pitched for, and there was a hope that it would happen because of the travel schedule. He didn't want to work yes. the main roster travel schedule, but with uh, with the pandemic, it's no different. He'd be working Mondays instead of Wednesdays. It wouldn't have been any different. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like you, I think Walter getting over there uh, as quickly as possible would be great. Um, one here from Trevor Lee who says, what about Edge, Roman, and Kevin Owens, triple threat at WrestleMania? Give Edge the title by pinning KO and it will protect Roman. Um, I don't know about that. I think that they've kind of exhausted the Romans, uh, the KO stuff now. I'd like to see him move on to something else, maybe with Sammy. I think that could be cool. But I kind of think the way you want to go, uh, excluding Brock, Edge and Roman is probably the biggest match WWE could book right now in terms of people that are actually there. So I, I, I'm always kind of like a WrestleMania should be a singles. In kind of exceptions, it it might not be, but I think Edge and Roman is a, in a singles is probably the way to go if you ask me. Yeah, I, I love Kevin Owens. I love his work. I don't need to see him get another title match. Agreed. Um, WrestleScope says, "Hey SRS, uh, if Lesnar comes back to face Drew at WrestleMania." Would he really agree to take the loss two years in a row? Ah, uh, probably. It's a good point. Pro- I, I think win. so. I think whatever he's paid to do, he'll do. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Matty has said, uh, "Hello, uh, Louis and Sean. How are you both? I have a few questions. How is Harvey? Harvey, my dog, is doing very well. Thank you." Uh, Sean, were you on the edge of your seat for Drew versus Goldberg? I was so nervous. Yeah, I loved it. I this was I, did, I think, but I didn't. Well, that's the thing. Here's what I don't like. The reason I was on the edge of my seat is because they were playing off the fact that they had booked this guy terribly. They were like, "Oh, what's going to happen if we book this guy like absolute garbage again and give him a title that he doesn't need or deserve?" What what are we going to – what about it, guys? I, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy the match. I did. I thought that this – I thought that the Dolph Ziggler match and I thought that the, the second Goldberg match and even the Royal Rumble that year were great ways to book Goldberg. And in retrospect, the, the Goldberg-Lesnar squash was good too. Yeah. Undertaker didn't need it. Kevin Owens didn't need it. Fiend didn't need it. And that's the thing. Because their hit rate is about 50-50 on this guy – you don't know what he's going to do. 
Oh my God. It is, it is so scary in that regard, but I loved the Ziggler match. I loved the second Lesnar match uh, of this, this run, but we, we don't need him in, in these spots anymore. I, people were like, Oh, who should he face at mania? I was like, John Cena, five matches. Both of them can get in, get out. Um, that they can do FU attitude adjustment, STFU, a spot through the guardrail, spear, jackhammer, five knuckle shuffle, whatever. Get in, get out. I that's a five minute match right there. Do that. Um, I yeah, I was on the edge of my seat, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, like you, I was kind of I was on the edge of my sheet and it is seat, and it was more fear as opposed to sure. excitement. It was more like, oh damn, they could do this. And it wasn't me <laughs> thinking, oh damn, Goldberg could win. It's more, oh damn, WWE could have Goldberg win. It's more I was fearful of the decision as opposed to Goldberg winning, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? over a guy that they've invested heavily in and one of the better book people outside of losing the title to Orton, which was weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I messaged Drew. I spoke to him bef- when this whole thing w- was uh, sort of starting. I was like, don't get fiended. Don't get fiended. Yeah. And he was like, I will try. And, I mean, uh, when uh, when I interviewed EC3 last year, he was talking about how he kind of wanted to leave WWE, but he was like, well, it's a pandemic. Yeah. But he had pitched a lot of the nar- – or he had thought about pitching a lot of the narrative stuff, and then he said that he saw the fiend get beat by Goldberg on – the Saudi show. And he was like, Nope, I'm not pitching this. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't want that to happen to me. Yep. He said the same thing to me at our interview, which was, uh, I know yours got a lot more traction, but um, Hey, ho. um, Matty has said, hi guys. wanted to get your opinion on the future of Rhea Ripley. I think she deserves a big title push, but so far has come up short of WrestleMania and the rumble. Do you think she'll be booked right on the main roster? Um, I think so. In terms of her future, I think a lot of people have been saying SmackDown. I think Raw needs her more. I think Raw should be Rhea and Charlotte at Mania. That should be the direction, have Rhea win. Um, but yeah, I think that having her as the final, as sort of the last person eliminated in the Rumble was a good sign. I think that WWE will hopefully have sort of push push her in the right direction coming out of uh, the Royal Rumble and sort of focusing into WrestleMania season. She will be booked the same way that everybody else is booked as a baby face who gets distracted and then pinned. And then when I say this is stupid booking, people will say, oh, but she had to be distracted to get beaten. She's protected. That's what will <laughs> happen to her. It'll probably happen on the Raw brand. Do you think the Raw brand is the right one? Yeah, they, they need her a lot more. Agreed. Uh, Bo Hill, can NXT prove to have this... Uh, Diminishing returns to WWE in some cases with so many with so many spending so much time in NXT, they are limiting the amount of time they could spend on the main roster. So, for example, Damian Priest got called up and he's already thirty eight. Uh, how do you feel about that in terms of people? I guess th- there was that whole I guess p- uh, similarity of John Cena shaking hands with the Undertaker and Damian Priest doing it with Edge, and then people sort of pointed out Damian Priest is thirty eight, not twenty five like Cena was. Uh, do you think that's an issue with NXT? for potentially some of the uh, talent that are there. Maybe. Maybe. It's... I have a a hard time, like, understanding the motivations of anybody in that spot anymore because you've talked to a whole lot of people, and it's it's hard, hard to see what, like, how any of that really works as far as getting the wheels going, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, I think it's it's uh, w- the thing is with that NXT with WWE signed Damian Priest probably. I yeah, think he would have gone straight to the main roster. He looks like the sort of guy they would. Um, but it's it's just, it's just hard for me to see like what motivates them on any given week to push any certain type of person or what they want. Obviously, they 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 lean more into ready made people now, mm-hmm. but five years ago that was different. Like, yeah, when, when Lars Sullivan and Steve Cutler got hired, they didn't want to touch indie people at the time. No, yeah. so maybe yeah. they would or would not have gotten signed uh, these days. It, it's they they change on a whim. Yeah, it, it it is as you say to get into these people minds. What are they thinking? Is very hard. Uh, Mark Board says hi from bluegrass state sean oh, okay uh, w- w- where is this here here okay right here very nice right so right back right there right back there too um with the decade plus long decline in raw ratings who are the fans that make up the biggest block of viewers that WWE lost and could recover? Casual fans that still know who Goldberg Sting are or the New Japan type of fan? Uh, who, who do you think WWE's lost? The uh, the people that sort of uh, watch New Japan or Ring of Honor and don't really watch WWE or the people that are sort of the old fans, the laps fans that are, were watching around the WCW, uh, WWF days? Neither. New fans that they didn't make. The people, yeah. the people in the younger demographic that that uh, weren't interested enough in what WWE was doing to say, I'll give that a shot. I'll give that a crack. Let me go for that. Uh, a lot of the older older fans you can still gain buzz from, but it, it's hard for them to ve- develop new fans because they'll, they'll pop it on Monday Night Raw. They'll go, well, this doesn't make much sense. This sucks, and they'll turn it off. Yeah, I, I sometimes as a twenty-year-old, I do question why. Fifteen, I you're fifteen. Fifteen-year-olds, I do question why I watch wrestling. It's like, what is this? That, like, why does my why does this appeal to my age group? And it doesn't really. Um, so as Sean said, I think it's more they just haven't made new fans as opposed to uh, have lost fans, although they have lost fans uh, sort of in that in that vein. Um, Uptown Avondale, who said, thanks for the good. Uh, thanks for being a good sport with the acronym, Sean. To both of you, what are your number one New Japan slash AW matches that you think may surprise people? I'm sticking with Ray Phoenix versus Hiromu Takahashi. <sighs> oh, mm. matches that might surprise people. I want to put Zack Saber Jr. in there, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I would probably say Ray Phoenix again. Like that's the thing, Ray Phoenix. He could have a good match with anybody. I, th- I think that would be the good one. I think the one that they should do though is is like some sort of Bullet Club integration, like that. That I mean, but that would surprise somebody. Ooh, man. I guess one one that you wouldn't think of, like everyone's thinking Bullet Club, everyone's thinking Kenny. Sure, and- yeah. Is there one that you're like, no one suggested this, but they should definitely do this if they can. Thing is, both rosters are stacked. You could put any list of people against any list of people, and the matches will will, will obviously be fantastic. I, mean, I think, uh, uh, okay, one that nobody would think would be a really great one, a guy like Stu Grayson. Getting to face someone like Taka Yujiro or not Yujiro Takashi, Hiromu Takashi, Stu Grayson is such an undergraded worker. Like 
or Stu Grayson against Kota Ibushi or just somebody like that, that he can, that, that can really highlight him. I think that um, not a lot of people would expect that or maybe a tag team match involving him and him and Uno. But yeah, I think that he's very underrated. I've got it. We want Minoru Suzuki against Orange Cassidy. The match we were robbed of, uh, robbed of WrestleMania weekend this year. Um, Normally we try and go an hour, but I think because we've got special guest Sean on the show, we've had more of chats than I think we've ever had. So we've got one or two more here before we head out. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, again, thank you for being so generous, Dan. Said three times a charm, isn't it? Do you guys have any news on Dolphin Castle? I, do, I did not hear much about him after he left the Ring of Honor. Do you think he will end up in AW or NXT? Uh, ROH is still on the table from what I understand, um, but the way that people there that I had talked to implied that it would go is that he was going to see what, what else was going on. But um, they, they, I don't want to say on his side that they're still in the running, but they seem to think that they were, but I mean, that that's been weeks since I even heard that. So I don't know, maybe he signed somewhere since then, even like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, f- for a new Japan, AW match, we've had one in the comments here. Sean Rossap, who's obviously on, on the books of AW as ever. Yeah, of course. Versus the great Okan. I'd beat his ass. I would beat his ass. I, I mean, I do a better Mongolian chop. I do a better claw. Um, yeah, I would beat Great Okan without a doubt. I have. I have, oh god. Oh no. Oh damn. Oh damn. Why did I bring that comment up? It's on me, guys. I apologize because that's on me with this dancing. It's awful dancing. Um, we have a comment here from Peter who says, "Just sending five bucks to to say that uh, to say that enjoying spending my evenings watching and appreciate the content. Thank you very much, Peter. I'm sure you're enjoying watching Sean do whatever Sean is doing right now with it, with his hat and his SRS thing that his wife so lovely made." Uh, Mark Broad says, "With the rep- with representation being very impactful, see the cultural significance of Black Panther, for example." Would anyone in WWE see and factor in what two black women main eventing a night of WrestleMania could mean? WWE, sel- uh, WWE seldom seems to be on the right side of history. That's a very interesting question. Hey, they uh, get it. They understand it. I, I see the, the the PR releases and the press releases, and I see the stuff that they're submitting to Complex and a lot of stuff like that, which is, uh, quite frankly, the type of media that they should go after for stuff like this. This is a big deal, and it's going to be a big deal for a lot of people. If you guys saw the video, I think it was of Shad and MVP, like when Kofi won at WrestleMania, you don't see stuff like that a lot, and that means a lot to people. This will mean a lot to to some people. There will be little girls that see that, and they're like, oh, my God, I can do that. I didn't even know that, that, that people like me were wrestling or that could that could reach those heights like oh they they should 100% do it and Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair are 100% the two women to do it incredible yeah, and it's it's not even uh, Alex and I mentioned this on the show earlier it's not even that WWE would be shoehorning them into that position to make it the PR it should be it could easily main event if they were both white it could main event because they both are on that level. But the they, fact that it does have this added meaning and would mean so much to a lot of people, I just think is even more reason to do it. I mean, look at look at what they have right now. They're going to have a Roman Reigns title match. That's main event caliber. 
Hopefully you have John Cena on the card. That is marquee caliber. Goldberg will probably be somewhere on the card. I'm hoping against John Cena. If that's the co-main of Sasha Bianca, I think that's pretty good. They're going to put the WWE title opposite the Universal title. That's going to happen. That'll be on one night. You're going to have two or another women's title match on the other night. So that's going to stack it. You're going to have Firefly Funhouse probably. So you're going to have like at, at least three solid marquee matches from where WWE is concerned. Sasha and Bianca should 100% main. I think this should main event night one of WrestleMania. I 100% agree. Um, and final ultra chat here. <laughs> this one Sean's going to like. Ever the showman, Sean. Uh, hey, me again. SRS, you don't have to do this. But as a new Wrestling Daily host, I feel you should impersonate Greg Hamilton, introducing Shane McMahon as the best in the world. Also, what's the best pop you've heard live? Uh, for context, we've all done this, and Alex was objectively the best. So do you want to talk Alex with your best in the world? I don't even remember how he does it. So it's the best in the world, Shane McMahon. I don't even remember how he did it, but <laughs> let's see. <laughs> the best in the world. It was good. It wasn't like like Greg did it, but it was good. It, it, I'll tell you. What was the and other best, part? Of the best, best pop, pop I've ever life. Okay, so I'll give you what the two best pops that I've heard. And then the best wrestling pop I heard, because the two best pops I ever heard weren't wrestling. Uh, Matt Brown against Eric Silva at UFC in Cincinnati. Matt Brown coming out. He's he's a home state guy. That was a, a bonkers fight. And then the next day, Aroldis Chapman, who throws like a million miles an hour, made his return after getting hit in the face with a line drive. And the crowd went bonkers when like his music played and he came from the bullpen. As far as wrestling, I would probably say either Orton eliminating Roman Reigns from the 17 Royal Rumble, Ty Dillinger coming out <laughs> that day uh, at 10 was nuts, and then um, probably John Moxley, him popping up at, at AEW. I was there for that, yeah. I wish I would have been at double or nothing. And into the opposite, uh, I was in Cleveland when Britt Baker trashed their quarterback, uh, Baker Mayfield, and she said that they finally have a Baker they can depend on. And that was that was a good one, too. Britt's great. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being in the comments for today's show, for, for watching. And, of course, thank you very much to Sean for not only uh, being part of the show and providing the majority of the news, but for filling in for Alex uh, in, in his absence. Uh, Sean, obviously, we covered a lot of the news from Fightful Select today. Uh, sort of give us a little rundown of what you've had on there over the past couple of days and sort of the other content aside from news that uh, goes onto this uh, onto onto the service. Yeah, guys, I know a lot of this stuff gets aggregated pretty quickly, but when you subscribe to Fightful Select, it's a great way to to support the pursuit of what we do. It helps pay our staff and all that stuff. I had a ton of details on Steve Cutler's firing. Uh, I broke the news that GCW is going to try to bring the collective to Tampa in a couple months. I do a Q&A show every week where you can ask me several questions. I do a podcast called The Backstage Report. Every week it's 15 to 20 minutes of just exclusive news. Uh, I've got, uh, I had news that Tony Storm was not planned for the Royal Rumble. She was an alternate. Uh, Denise rated wrestling figures. That was fun. 
Uh, we reached out, spoke to Lars Sullivan, as we mentioned. Uh, we uh, again confirmed that Matt Riddle signed a new contract. There were weird reports out that's like, well, he hasn't actually signed a deal. Yes, he did. Well over a month ago. Uh, we had some more details on that. Broke the news that Matt Cardona has committed to working the next set of impact tapings. And then we've got just a bunch of other podcasts. Alex Pawlowski, who hates Raw, reviews Raw, and reviews it accordingly, and SmackDown. And then we have a show called The Weekender Podcast that reviews your 205 Lives, your NXT UKs, NWA, BTE, all that other stuff. Uh, also, we have just twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. We have youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps where you can check out our clips. And um, yeah, happy belated birthday, Adam Pearson. Happy belated birthday, Adam Pearson. Uh, guys, all my shit. Yeah, you, you you have a lot of shit to plug. <laughs> I do um, a lot. When I, when I listen to your reviews on a, on a show, I'm normally I can skip the first 10 seconds because I know where to get everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is where all, the, where all the plugs come in. But guys, thank you so much in the comments. Hopefully, we will have Alex uh, back next week. Uh, as I said earlier, send him some love on Twitter. I'm sure he will appreciate yes. a, few, a few nice messages uh, his way. But thank you very much, everyone. And we will catch you next Tuesday with the show. And there might be a special guest on that show. So. The Great O'Shawn! No, no, Sean. Oh, damn. Okay, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.